It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcasts, we are live. This is Haima Black. I'm broadcasting live over Facebook, and I have uh, an incredibly like accomplished, incredible panel here today. I want to get right to it because all of you are busy individuals. All of you are taking your time to be here, and I appreciate it. So today, I am talking to a number of representatives from Chicago's music community, from Chicago's live music community, representatives of Civil, the Chicago Independent Venue League. And, you know, since people will also be listening to this live stream as a podcast, let's have everyone go in around and introduce yourselves so that everyone has a name to put to the voice when they're listening to the podcast. Uh, Katie Tutton, I am from The Hideout, and I am the co-founder and co-chairperson of Civil and a member of NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association. I am Tim Tutton. Um, I'm the co-owner of The Hideout, co-founder of Civil, and um, Mr. Katie Nicholson also. Hey, this is Gomez. I own Subterranean and Beat Kitchen, co-chair with Katie Tutton of Civil. Uh, Chris Bauman with Zenith Music Group. We own Patio Theater and Avondale Music Hall, also in Civil, and Neva, one of the founding members of Neva. Hi, I'm Joe Shanahan from Metro Smart Bar G-Man Tavern. How you doing, Hami? Good. I'm oh, one good, of the Joe. founding members of Civil. I'm also a member of Neva, and I'm kind of Tim Tutton's uh, troublemaker sidekick. Hey, guys. I'm Dane Roth. I work in communications at Shure which is headquartered in Niles, office in Chicago, started in Chicago 95 years ago. It's a global company, all types of audio and uh, software equipment, anything for the music industry and conferencing and even earphones and headphones, but happy to be here with you guys today. And a hero of civil. Here's to that. Yeah. Thank you. Love them. So thank you again, all of you for being here. Like I said, I recognize everyone's busy. I want to make this a brisk panel. Of course, I want to let everyone talk, but also, again, I want to respect everyone's time. So let's dive into it. For anyone who's not aware, what is Civil? Talk about what this is, what the organization means, and what it's doing. Civil is a group um, of, it's called the Chicago Independent Venue League. It started out with some of the folks you see on the screen today and with us today. Uh, It started out eight people, and we were all club owners, independent venue owners, and we started about um, two years ago, really, and we've just been together sharing, sharing with each other the mutual concerns that we all have. And now that we're in this time of the COVID-19 shutdown, it was almost like a blessing that we were already an organization. And um, through this, we've come even closer together. Tim's leaving out an important uh, part of this. Tim and Katie went to all of our houses, shook us up, woke us up, and uh, <laughs> told us you better start doing something about uh, it started with the Lincoln Yards issue and uh, we've been tackling a whole bunch of issues collectively ever since but it really was Katie and Tim that got this uh, this group going and woke us up. They ambushed me at G-Man Tavern one afternoon Gomez under the auspicious idea that they were going to buy me a beer. Hey can we buy you a beer? (laughs) I was like oh yeah okay as long as Tim wears that great hat of his. um, (laughs) Where she looks like a bandit. Starts out. Can I get you a beer? And I wrote, That's what I'm saying. Just like this one beer. That's it. Yeah. That's how and it then, goes. 
It was great because Gomez was like, um, we were trying to figure out a time to meet. So he goes, well, why don't you just come over to my house? <laughs> Three bottles of wine later. Yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> There's a funny thing in that we all knew each other and we all knew of each other, right? But we never, because we're always at our clubs doing our stuff, we never spend time together. So literally, like, we go to Gomez's, and his wife brings out a bottle of wine, and, like, four bottles later, we're like, what are we, what are we talking about? We're <laughs> talking about the time when this band played? And we go on, and it's like that. And it's a really cool reflection of what Chicago is like that we really take for granted that we have a situation in Chicago where people actually own venues still like we did 100 years ago. That's for real. So literally, you go to the Metro. I mean, I got to tell you, Joe and I are about the same age, but Joe started early. I was 36 with Katie when we bought the hideout. And, but when I was 21 in 1981, I literally moved from Glenview to Chicago, and I was like, I want to be closer to the Metro. All right. Tim, I'm 31 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's weird that we call each other sidekicks now because it was like, that's where. And so our venues, though, are the kind of places where you could go to the hideout or the bottle or something. And you could be like, who books this place? Who's the owner of this place? And it's a really close, connected community. But it's actually one of the most significant musical communities in the country. And it's something that we don't realize that in LA and New York, they don't have a situation like this, you know? And in Chicago, you literally could be like, who's that dude at Avondale? What's his name, Chris? Chris, what's up? This is Jim from the hideout. And literally, it's not making it up. It's like that. It's like this cool Midwestern small town, but we're the third biggest city in America, all right? And we have made, you know, it's cool. That's absolutely right. You know, the rest of the country looks at Chicago and looks at our independent music scene, and it is amazing. It's incredible, and that's kind of the whole point of what we're really searching for right now. What we're trying to do is make sure that all of our doors open back up, the whole Save Our Stages campaign. You know, we were first to get shut down. We're going to be last to open back up, and so we need um, – we're trying to get as much support, and we've gotten musician support. We've gotten uh, – it's a tremendous outpouring. We've had over 500,000 people nationally reach out to congressmen over the last two weeks, I think, is incredible. Put that into context, a restaurant only had 30,000 people of their fans reach out to congressmen. So it's pretty incredible, and uh, Civil's been playing a huge part in that. Chris, for a brief update on that, when I was on the, I was on a Zoom site with Dana from Neva, while I was on the call, Billy Ellish had posted on Instagram. So we were at 500,000. We're probably well over a million now. She has 63 million followers. I mean, even the Foo Fighters, and the, you know, it's a band that you know I worked with Dave Grohl since he was in Nirvana. They jumped into this. Silva Artist Management, Sam, they jumped in. It continues to gain momentum. And what the listeners need to know is that the new initiative is Save Our Stages, right? And that you can sign up and you can continue to push that message that. We are not going to be open anytime soon. We need funding. We need government help. Uh, we have the fan support for sure. It's turning that into a voice in Springfield, a voice in Washington, and a voice in Chicago. You know, the eighth floor needs to hear us. 
that brings me into, you know, one of the things that I think is at the crux of this conversation. For anybody who's not up to date on all this yet, what steps can individual music fans take right now, today? You know, everybody knows that however long down the line buying a ticket when we can go buy a ticket again, that of course helps. But in the meantime, right now, what can a music fan do if they want to support their favorite venue, if they want to support Civil? I would say call your alderman and yeah. ask your alderman to call the mayor to save our stages. Um, at this point right now, the work that we're doing on the Hill, it would be great if they called their congressman as well. But I think right now with the Memorial Day weekend, we're gonna take a little break, but I would say now to call their alderman, to call the mayor, to ask for government relief, a city government relief, for Save Our Stages. And um, also I would direct people to go to um, the Chicago Artist Relief Fund that helps with uh, you know, the GoFundMes for our staff. That would be helpful. Does anyone else have any, uh, you know, post it on their Facebook page, Instagram, retweet it. The more noise we have, the better. And as Joe said, you know, right now we're looking at I mean, to be honest, the clubs are counting the number of months we can go close permanently. So we need this relief. And the, uh, the PPP that everyone talks about, you know, that was like a little Band-Aid. And it's not going to work for the 12-month hemorrhaging that is happening to us. We lost almost 90% of our revenue instantly, you know. And it's just how do you come back from that? I'll add some uh, personal uh, element to that too. I did get PPP funding, but I can't use it. I'm finding it way too risky to use. If I don't hit the parameters, it turns into a very short-term loan, just adding to the burden of reopening. So it's just, um, you know, it's sitting there. And so I'm still trying to figure out a way to cover my overhead. And for me, my overhead is 20,000 a month for both places. That's cut, that's closed, shuttered, hoping that my ComEd bill is only a few hundred dollars or the utilities are very little, but with, with insurance and licenses and everything else that we have to cover on a, on a monthly basis. That's a lot to be worried about, you know, especially for me, I'm, I'm on unemployment. So personally, okay, I can sustain myself on that, just buckle down and, and live within my means, but I can't do that within uh, the, with the overhead of the businesses. So I'm, I'm struggling to find ways to make that happen. Just so the listeners know, the mayor just announced uh, basically her phase three and in her comments, she says, for the time being, schools, playgrounds, bars, lounges, large music venues, stadiums, indoor theaters, and music venues and convention centers will remain closed. So, I mean, that just, she just announced this um, as part of her press conference uh, uh, starting at about 12.30, 1 o'clock. So while we're not a, you know, essential business, so to speak, we do give people something very special. And the support, Ayako, what Chris is saying, what Katie's saying, what Gomez is saying, and that is number one, we need the listeners to look at the NIVA page, the civil page. There are lots of instructions on how to support. It doesn't always take money. It takes a lot of times just gathering the voices to get to the politicians, get past the red tape, and email, call, and uh, do what you can to sway the political will. Yeah, and just to, you know, a couple notes on my end, we're going to, of course, include the links to be able to access all these resources 
on the Civil and Neva page with this podcast, with this live stream. And, you know, people listening, you can go to Civil, C-I-V-L, Chicago. So civlchicagocom slash relief to donate to the individual venue funding projects right now. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, let's talk a little bit about the grants, loans, support. You know, I know that there have been challenges around PPP, but but again, a lot of people don't really know what these things are and and why it's difficult. Why is it more difficult for a venue to get support than it is maybe an airline, right? Well, at least the way the PPP was laid out, and I'll let Chris and Katie, who have been campaigning to get additional funds, talk about the bigger picture, but the way that's laid out, there are certain restrictions in order to make it forgivable. In order to turn it into a grant, you have to, uh, 75% go, has to go to your employees, it has to go to payroll, which is fine, and, and that's a wonderful purpose, but I don't have work for them, so it's counterintuitive for me to take money, take the chance that it might turn into a loan, and I'll have to pay it back just so my employees no longer have to file unemployment. It's all government money. If they file unemployment, I'm not taking a risk. And, the, and for the moment, with what they call them Bernie bucks, most of them are okay. I, I can focus on those that didn't qualify for unemployment as contractors might hopefully get, get unemployment. But it's, it's, it's safer for me to let that continue to roll. And if I could use it, 100% of it for overhead, it would be great, but that would not be forgivable. And it turns into a loan that I have to pay back within 20 months. No matter how low that interest rate is, that's a lot to pay back in a very short period of time. And, and sorry, we don't know, you know, if in 20 months venues will or won't be open, you know, nobody has a crystal ball to know what the, right. what the state of this virus situation is going to look like in two weeks or 20 months from now. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Jaime, I, I, you're, you're a thousand percent correct. And to kind of echo what Gomez is saying, this PPP was meant to be a band-aid to get things stabilized. And, you know, I think it, it may or may not have done that, but for our particular industry, we are right now, we're part of uh, Governor Prisker's phase five reopening, which means that unless there's a, a vaccine or a really effective treatment that is readily accessible, we're, we're not opening, right? Or at least not at 100% capacity, which, you know, each of our venues has different capacities, but we really need to operate at 100% capacity. You know, there's studies coming out right now that people are going to be waiting, 40% uh, of people are going to be waiting over a year before they feel comfortable going out again. So if you couple 50% capacity with 60% of people showing up, it just doesn't work. And so what Gomez is saying and, and what we really need is uh, extreme flexibility. And really the goal right now is just that we're able to cover what we need to cover until we can open up again and before we can put bands back on our stages and you can be shoulder to shoulder in a sweaty music venue next to your best friend. That's really the, the key. And that's why we need your support. And, and to echo what Joe was saying, yes, we, we are in need of funds and we're, we're asking the government's for funds and you know we appreciate it. and it's, it's been incredible to see the outpouring from fans donating I mean it's, it's been unbelievable to see that and it's super supportive and we need it but really we need voices you know we need voices to call the aldermen to call your congressman to really just continue to put pressure on them to have them understand how valuable Chicago independent music is and independent music across the United States you know we are the incubators of the Smashing Pumpkins of you know, the chance of rappers, we are, we are their incubators, we are where they start. And then they go off to the entire world and basically are representing us as Americans and as Chicagoans to the rest of the world. And so, 
you know, it, it's just so important that the voices are heard and, and that everyone understands and communicates with legislators about we can't go away and we shouldn't go away. We're a huge part of our culture. We're part of our economies uh, to the local neighborhoods of Chicago. Let me just tag on real quick with what Chris just said, and it's really important because I was on a television station last night and one of our civil members was, was talking about we're looking at the airline industry where it's billions to bail out the airline industry. Why can't we find a way to not, again, we're looking for a hand up, not a hand out, but we, we put this in mothballs for a period of time until we figure some things out. It just stop the bleeding now. And that is how is the airlines gonna come back with four across and then three on each side of the aisle? How does that math work? How do you make that safe to get in an airplane and fly from Chicago to New York with air circulation? I mean, we're really talking about something that if we all get a little you know, stomach turning when we think about that, because of the fact that we know that some of the smaller venues, we can probably figure out a way to do this best practices, but we're, we definitely need something to hold the collapse in place. And, and Jaime, I really hope that you know that your listeners just need to, again, echo the same thing that Chris says, start local with your alderman and work your way up to the national level. Right, Katie? Yeah. And the other thing is, is, you know, friends of mine have said to me, well, don't you have money prepare for this? And I said, yes, all of us have money for a rainy day without question. This is a tsunami. (laughs) None of us have this kind of capital to shore our businesses up. And what's heartbreaking to me is if we go, so go all the businesses that surround us. And as Tim said, we're mom and pop shops here in Chicago. Gomez has a very close relationship with Flash Tacos next door. They call him and say, hey, Gomez, how many sold out shows you got this week? Because I need to put on more staff. You know, so the ripple effect of us going, not just culturally or emotionally, but economically. We are economic drivers in so many neighborhoods. So we collapse. It's just a matter of time before the other surrounding businesses fall in with us. Not to mention the fact that, you know, that we're cultural institutions and there's great beauty in seeing a band on a small stage and then they work their way up the ladder. But it's, we are in crisis here. And if something doesn't happen soon, it's just a matter of time. And we are on these national calls, we've already heard a number of clubs across the countries that have closed, like Threadgills. That was where Janice Chaplin got her start, you know. What's, what's the name of the one, you guys, where Nirvana got their start? Uh, is it K-Bar? They closed. It's where Nirvana played. They have a capacity of 450 people. That's where they got their start. So yeah. it affects all of us. Like everyone's saying, it affects subterranean, affects Flash Taco, it affects the restaurants in Bucktown. When a thousand people come to see a show at the Metro, I mean, the, the Cubs are there only during the summer, right? They usually don't make it into October. Joe's there year round. So when a thousand people come to a Metro show, up and down the street, hundreds of people are going to restaurants and other bars. So we help the economy of the entire neighborhood. You multiply that times 35 clubs and civil, 
we're representing the city. Now, what really happens is when the city promotes itself through world business to Amazon and other corporations, they literally say to them, we have a creative economy. We have a nightlife option that is beyond anything in the country, right? And that is literally how the city of Chicago promotes itself. So corporations decide to move to Chicago so that they know that their workers, that the employees that they employ are going to be able to live in Logan Square and Bucktown and Wrigleyville and Andersonville and Avondale, right? So then you see in Condé Nast Traveler, USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, hottest neighborhoods, Avondale Music Theater just opened up there, right? The patio, way out on Irving Park Road. And it helps build neighborhoods, which brings more corporations to the city, which helps build the city. So then the airlines, American and United Airlines, they got to fly more planes in. And they literally, when you're flying on American, on American Way, there'll be an article about come to Chicago, check out the Green Mill, check out the Empty Bottle. So when we talk about we're little mom and pop operations, we are, but the family, the cousins, it extends throughout the city, throughout the country. All right. I, I want to second what's on in, the man. map. So when yeah. Detroit, St. Louis, Cleveland, other cities are having a rough time, literally Chicago is saying we have a city of neighborhoods with the most amazing clubs that produces Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper, he comes from louder than a bomb. Louder Than a Bomb is sponsored at the Metro. That little high school kid comes up like that. When Katie mentions Nirvana in Seattle, the Metro played Nirvana, okay? Because like Steve Albini, a Chicago guy, is working on their record. Joe Shanahan loves the band. He puts Nirvana. Nirvana becomes Foo Fighters with Dave Grohl. Foo okay, Fighters Tim. play stadiums. People come to Chicago. Tim, I, I love Tim. major stadiums. It is this huge it. economic generator for our city and for our country. And it starts at the neighborhood level and it goes all the way to the global village. And sure microphones knows that because sure's started a hundred years in Chicago and now they're the microphone for the planet, still based in Chicago. And they know that one little club might need five microphones, but 35 clubs need hundreds of microphones, and 1,600 members of NEBA need 10,000 microphones, and we become a global giant, all right? Yeah. Because Wait, of little Tim, lead Tim, singer. Sorry to Tim, do one, that. Tim, one second. It's beautiful that you mentioned Sure because it is a local company, and it, and it yeah. has a global reach. Yeah. And you kind of know this. Like, you know, there are artists that come to Chicago, and I know this because I've seen it with Guys like Chris Cornell, or guys like Jeff Buckley, or guys like Dave Grohl, and sure brings over a new microphone, and they test it at soundcheck before they use it on stage. Your technology is being built here in Chicago and being tested here in our clubs, in the hideout, at Sleeping Village, or at Sub-T, because sure will say, hey, Michael, just grab a microphone, no pun intended, run <laughs> over to Metro and see how, it how the new version of the 58 works. I have to say, I have to applaud that and also applaud the fact that Sure did step in to help Civil with a very generous uh, donation and um, grant. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, and, and I just want to echo to what Tim and Joe are saying. You know, we, we are the engines to a, an entire very large ecosystem. There are some studies that are showing that for every neighborhood music venue, uh, for every dollar spent at your neighborhood music venue, $12 in economic 
stimulus or GDP is created on bars and going out to dinner and doing all these things. And so, and I even take into account the shores, right? Like the fact that we are using those Chicago based companies to then go out to the rest of the world. It's a huge ecosystem. And uh, I want to echo too what Joe's saying with uh, sure stepping up. And, you know, that's something that's beautiful about Chicago and the Midwest is just, we truly look out for each other. And, and that's what we're doing right now with Civil. That's what we're doing with Neva right now on a national level where everyone wants each other to be there in a year and in 18 months. And we want to continue to help each other thrive and grow. And it's, I think it's a unique thing to Chicago in a lot of ways, but now we're seeing that it's national, you know, it's, it's a national feeling that we all want to be uh, there for each other. And it's been incredible to see sure behind us and backing us. And then just the, the camaraderie that's been created. Everything well, everyone has just said, I completely agree with. I'm talking into a sure SM7B and I, I didn't mean to, I feel like I cut somebody off, but I just want to say hundred nice. percent. Yeah. Like you guys are dead on, obviously, you know what you're talking about, but it's like, Every show I go to with friends, you know, we're going to dinner afterwards, we're paying for parking, we're, you know, there's a bar afterwards. It's like, it's not just going to a show for 40 minutes or two hours. It's like, it's a night out, you know, and that mm-hmm. is money spent in the neighborhood. And yeah, like you look at, for me, my generation's moment was Smashing Pumpkins coming up, but every college could I teach at Columbia, Chance the Rapper was there Smashing Pumpkins. And before sure. me, it was Wax Tracks and, you know, and all of these movements that happened in Chicago started in the small rooms here. And all of them, you know, your fallout boys, Kanye, you know, on and on wax tracks, everybody else chance. They all went national. They all went international. And those are all contributions to the world culture that started here in Chicago. So obviously this is very important to keep that going because the next chance, yeah. the rapper or whoever is out there somewhere. And then you just stage yeah. to play on. And I'm glad you mentioned Columbia College because what it also does, the music scene here in Chicago, it attracts kids from all over the country. So the kids come, like when you look at the Metro, who's been here for 40 years, look at the growth of Columbia College, the Art Institute, look at the growth of um, our college, our downtown colleges. Right now, the Loop, they say, has over 50,000 students that are attending DePaul, Loyola, all these campuses. And many kids, we know for a fact, friends of our kids who've moved here from Washington, D.C., from Dallas, their kids come to Chicago. They go to school in Chicago because they know there's a cool art, culture, creative economy that's going on. And so we also draw university students. Those university students then live here, move into our neighborhoods, and it increases the property tax value of the city. I mean, it is really a long-term economic gain for the city. And it's one of the reasons why the city has remained so vibrant for the last 40 years, because Uh, we've continuously been doing this, but we take it for granted. We look at it like, okay, it's a corner bar sometimes. And it's like, uh, it's actually the, the key elements, you know, to this organic economic development that we have here. I'd like to go back to the, uh, for a moment, to the Shur's love. I cannot underscore enough what it meant to us because we were bombarded with so much negative, you know, it was, oh my God, our staff, how are we going to keep our lights on? I mean, we were just, we were all quite down in the dumps, to be perfectly honest. And we were all calling each other. And then I get a call from Dave. And he says, you know, we'd like to support you. 
And quite honestly, I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, whatever. And then when he sent the letter with their contribution to civil, I'm going to cry again. Seriously, I could not believe it. I sat back, I read it again, I called him, and I said, am I reading this properly? And he said, yes. And it was for all of us who were just feeling so down in the dumps. It really lifted us up, and it, it was like, that's right, we're all in this together. So I just really bravo to our brethren you know, up the road. And I'd like to hear why you, Dave, why, why, why us? Well, look, it, it's about being a good neighbor, and we're all, we're all in this together. You said you're a collection of mom and pops. We started that way. This was started, Sure was, is a global company now, but Sure was started by Sydney Sure 95 years ago, selling radio parts out of a rented office building downtown Chicago. And look what we've become. So it's important for us to be great neighbors and to help out those who are independent venues in this city because of the economic impact that you guys have talked about. But we also have a ton of people who work for sure around the world that are musicians, that are the audio engineers, that do marketing, that are heavily involved in music or their families are. We're all one big music community and we have to help each other out. This is not about just writing a check. This is about being there when everyone needs help. And so beyond just the monetary support, but also working with the artists that we work with to help promote what you're doing because they have a connection to the local venues here in Chicago. That's where they got their starts. So we're, we're leveraging our relationships with them now. You know, when we think about, you know, Joe from fallout boy or BJ, the Chicago kid and pushing out on social media, the call for everyone to help, to help Chicago. But if you're not in Chicago, help your own local music venue as well. I mean, we are all in this together. So whatever we can do as neighbors locally or around the country, we want to help because if music doesn't live, we don't live, right? We're all interconnected and we all have to help each other out. It's interesting you say that. And let me just thank you again for your beautiful words there and, and support of Civil and Chicago. I read The Guardian every morning and, and it's an interesting look at globally. And the way that they approached today's music section was that, you know, it's been basically, you know, over two months or about two months and no one's gone out to see a live show. And that really got me. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I miss it. I miss it. I mean, I need it, you know, like I need, you know, food. And uh, it's amazing that to have this sort of disappear from our lives we all want to get back to whatever the new normal is. And it, it's interesting because I do feel that everyone on this call, everyone on this podcast, we're all concerned about public safety. We do not want to open and have anything happen in our venues. Hence why we need to mothball what we have best we can protect with personal savings or government funds or whatever it takes to make sure that we can see the other side. We have no path or map to say it's June 1st, 2020 or June 1st, 2021. We do not know. And it's very hard to live like that. It's very hard to sort of, you know, obviously have a job or, 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 or employ people, but 
which is another whole story in, in itself. But it's that kind of idea that we're missing this in our lives right now. It's a really important thing. Such a beautiful thing. And I just want to reiterate to you, you know, we all, we all got into this because we love creating once in a lifetime experiences for, oh, yeah. people, for the fans. And it's just, it is, and of anyone, you know, Joe at Metro's done that for, for me, my first concert was 311 at Metro, which there is kind of crazy. You know, that was my first concert. <laughs> I think I was 16 and uh, I'll never forget the boom behind the stage curtains at Metro and, and to put this into context, 311 had just sold out United Center and the Q101 was doing a special show because it was sold out at Metro. I'm getting goosebumps Uber talking fans. about this. Uh, and it, it just like the boom behind that curtain. That's, I fell in love with live music at Metro. You know, oh. I really, I truly did. Oh. And the, the experiences and these once in a lifetime experiences where we're giving people, not only the musicians, but the people who are experiencing that musician at that moment in time, at that point in that musician's career, you know, is, is irreplicatable, right? And that's why we love live music. That's why we do what we do. And as Joe's saying with the, the term mothball, we, we really just, we need to freeze what we've created and be able to unthaw it in a year or in two years or right. in six months. But we need to get to that point and, and that's going to take financial support. That's going to take voices telling uh, the government that we're important and that we need to be around. So I want to hit a couple quick points because, again, I greatly appreciate everyone's time and I know everyone's got other things to do today. So a couple quick things. First, uh, actually, my computer's going to run out of power in a, in a few minutes, I think. But <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to try to be quick here. So a uh, couple quick things. First, on the sure tip, um, you know, I am in a makeshift recording studio in my two bedroom apartment in Pilsen. And the wow. second bedroom is turned into a podcast studio. And I was able to pursue this idea, this project, this dream, because Sure gave me a number of mics and Sure has been supportive since day one. And people did not take podcasts seriously early on. And Sure, they brought me to their, to their facility in Niles. They've flown me to different conferences to speak about their microphones. So yeah, I just want to chime in and agree that Sure has always stepped up, even outside of the music space. The other thing I want to run down quickly you know, we're seeing a lot of talk about different models of what a show could be, whether that's a drive-in show, whether that's, you know, let's say at a room like Metro that holds 1,200, well, maybe there's 60 people spaced around the room, or it's a concert in Fortnite or on Instagram. You know, thoughts on all of these things that are kind of like being referred to as some form of concerts, but are certainly not the real thing. Drive-in concerts. Okay. What about drinking and driving? How can you go to a concert are you going to not drink a beer in your car or you're not going to drink? You know, I find that almost irresponsible. We dispense alcohol in a, in a responsible way. We have bartenders that are trained with Bassett so that we're not over serving except for me once in a while. Um, but, um, but honestly, you, you hear what I'm saying there? I mean, how do you do that? I think it's ir irresponsible. We cannot operate on the margins that we operate on unless we're at hundred percent. I honestly feel that's really important. There might be other ways to slice that apple with a band or with an agent or with a manager, but it takes the economy. It takes the idea of how a band gets from city to city, whether they're in a van, they're on a bus, or they're in a plane. All those economics come into play there. And that's what's hard to sort of project. Okay, let's try it at 60%. I don't know. Then our deals change. Ticket prices, are they going to go through the roof? Are you going to pay... If it's a $20, you know, Wednesday night at Metro kind of show, are you going to pay 60? I don't know. Plus, will people have the money to do it? And number two, will people be feel safe about coming out 
everybody, I, I love you all. Thanks so much for the time today. I, I'm going to have to jump off this because I've got something else that comes up in about seven minutes. Unfortunately, uh, I, I you the best. Thank sure. you, everybody. Well, uh, Joe, have thank a great you. weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks so much. Uh, and guys, I have one more question. That's it. Just one more question. Um, and Joe, if you have 30 seconds, feel free to stay. You know, and then I'm just going to plug all the ways to support. So let's go out on this note. What kind of feedback have all of you received, whether it's from the artists, whether it's from fans? What have you heard from people who said, oh, my gosh, I saw this show at The Hideout. I saw this show at Sub-T. I saw this band at Metro. What feedback have you gotten that made you say, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why it's worth it because this means something to people. It's a form of people's, it's a church. You know, all these rooms are churches for people. Lots of love. Yeah, people are very supportive and, you know, they're now remembering all the beautiful things that have happened at our venue. And, you know, in some of our cases, we do weddings, we do bar mitzvahs, we have memorial services. They're really community gathering spaces. And I think there's a real hunger for that. And um, yeah, I think people have been overwhelmingly supportive. I mean, it's really touching. So everybody's talking about social distancing. The very purpose of our club is social connection. So like when we think about the rock shows that we do rock shows, we do big music shows, right? People meet at those shows. And during this period, people will contact us and go, I met my partner at your bar. Like we go there every year to celebrate our anniversary. People get married. So what really happens is at a rock show where a group of friends meet up with another group of friends, they meet up with each other and they end up getting married and stuff. And people apologize and go, you know, I really miss you guys and I'm sorry, but I, we got married and now we have kids. And we can't go out. But <laughs> yeah. this whole thing is making us realize, man, yeah. we can't wait to get out there. Just stuff like that. And that's Tim, it's such a such a great point. And I'm just thinking about this. Like, you know what's missing in this social distancing world and not being able to go to hideout or Avenue Music Hall or Patio or Subterranean is that people are losing the once in a lifetime memories that they've been able to create at these venues and memories with the musicians that they love, memories with each other meeting them at these uh, concerts. I mean, that's what I think everyone's really hungry to get back. You know, everyone's really excited to get back. Everyone wants to get back. And we just, as Katie was saying, we just have to figure out a way to do it safely when we're able to reopen. And um, we want to start making those memories again. And just to let everyone know, um, all of us are very involved with NEVA's reopening committee, City of Chicago reopening committee. We have read mountains and mountains and mountains of paper on what's safe, how can we do this? We've evaluated drive-ins, et cetera. So if and when, when we do open, people can be assured that we will have safe venues because we have studied this. But I think it's going to be a while. She's absolutely right. I mean, this is so important to so many people and we got to do it right, but people are eager to get back and it's such a big part of the community. I mean, even for our associates, you know, who are so passionate about music and being part of it and just seeing each other in that camaraderie, you know, whether it's in the office or after work or at a show, I know this is so important to so many different people you know we just can't wait to get back to normal everybody here today this has been incredible I, I can't thank you all enough for the time this was something that for me personally this was important to be able to provide this conversation because just like everyone was saying i have met friends and and life you know people i'm in the rest of my life at these rooms around chicago i have seen 
bands that changed my life. You know, I, I mean, this is, this is my true origin story. It's like, you know, I grew up in Chicago. I was born in 82. And when Siamese Dream came out, that was my moment. Like a lot of kids I see at Columbia College in the last decade, where all of a sudden there were four weirdos from Chicago. And that was the first time that I had ever seen at my young, impressionable age. That was the first time I saw that you could be from Chicago and do something. Because everyone else was from Seattle, everyone else from LA. And right, so all right. of a sudden I find Siamese Dream and then I find Local H and I find Veruca Salt and I find right. the Metro and Illinois Entertainer. Mm-hmm. And then that opens up into the entire thing and I start working with Q101 and that brings me into doing local music with them and this podcast. And, and these things, we all know this and anyone who's gone to these shows knows this. It's a community. It's not just you go to a concert one night at the hideout. All of these things are connected and they all lead to other things. People find collaborators, people find friends partners, coworkers, ideas come out of these things, businesses come out of these things. So these rooms are so important for so many reasons and for so many people. And I will, of course, you know, I will include all of the links with this podcast, with this live stream for people to be able to donate, support, find out more. And, you know, please, any, all of you, please feel free to keep me updated with what's going on. We can do more chats as things progress. And I know I can't wait to be in any of these rooms, all these rooms, you know, throughout Chicago, because I miss live music and I miss people as much as everyone else does. So, um, so Chris Bauman, so Dane Roth, Robert Gomez, Tim Tutton, Katie Tutton, and Joe Shanahan had to jump off. Thank you guys all so much. Thank you, honey. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate Thanks. it. Really appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. You. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. Take care. Stay safe. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, dynasty descend.